grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. The season of Epiphany is short this year because Easter is early. We will celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ on March 31st. Epiphany ends as we observe the transfiguration of our Lord. And the practice of placing transfiguration as the final Sunday in the Epiphany season is, in fact, a Lutheran innovation. If other denominations or other non-Lutheran churches choose to do it, it is because they have adopted the practice introduced by us Lutherans. It's a marvelous practice, and it is a wonderful event to observe because the transfiguration of our Lord is the culmination of what the season of Epiphany is all about. The man, Jesus, born in Bethlehem, is revealing himself to be God himself in human flesh. And that is certainly the case as Jesus reveals his glory, as his face shines like the sun, and his clothes become as white as light while on that mount of transfiguration, along with, as he is with Peter and James and John. And not only does this spectacular event happen with Christ in which he reveals his glory, but then the glory of Christ is further revealed as that cloud comes to hide the presence of God the Father, and the Father, though, speaks, confirming Jesus as his Son, and that God's people are to listen to that saving word of Jesus. The focus that I'd like to focus, or the focus I'd like to have today as we observe the transfiguration is on the theme of glory. I had been actually planning to speak more on this prophetic word that's that is confirmed and also on the reality that the, the Father says to listen to Christ, listen to the word made flesh. But I had enough to say when it comes to this glory, this, this theme of glory. The word glory appears many times in the scriptures. It describes the glory of God, or it teaches us to ascribe glory to our triune God. Yet glory is something that we are often tempted to claim for our own selves. And when we claim glory for ourselves, it is often manifested as pride. It can also be boasting or using the tongue in unhelpful ways. We like to show off our own supposed greatness and abilities. We do so because we like to be recognized by other men and we want to make names for ourselves. Yet the scriptures declare the Lord of hosts has purposed it to defile the pompous pride of all glory, to dishonor all the honored of the earth. And Jesus himself said, when teaching at the temple, 
If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. So he is glorified by his Father and by others. And God the Holy Spirit teaches us in 2 Corinthians 10, He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. How much better it is when we glory in our loving God than in our own selves. When today's Old Testament lesson took place, the Israelites were encamped at Mount Sinai. The ten plagues had happened. Passover took place. The people of Israel crossed over the Red Sea on dry ground. God miraculously provided for them water and also manna. They had received the Ten Commandments in the Book of the Covenant. Moses was the only one allowed to go on Mount Sinai as they are encamped there. Because God located himself on that holy mountain, anyone who wandered onto that mountain would die because no one can be in the presence of God and live. Moses, of course, was given an exemption. And when Moses would go up on that mountain and talk with the Lord, he would come down and his skin would shine. And the people were afraid to come near Moses, a fellow human, because of his appearance radiating the glory of God. And so Moses would veil his face. That glory of the Lord is clearly seen and evident at Mount Sinai. Not only from those, the thundering and the earthquakes and God entering into the temple in a miraculous way, but also through Moses as he, come down, as he comes down the mountain and reflects that glory of God through his shining face. At the resurrection of all flesh on the last day, we will be given glorious bodies, not unlike Christ's own body. Our bodies will reflect that glory of God. I must say, when we hear our organ sing, its, play its music so triumphantly, we certainly get caught up in that music. And hopefully then, we are also looking at the words to see why the organ sounds the way that it does. Did you catch those words about what our bodies will be like when we are with the Lord in glory? We sang in verse 3 in our last hymn, With shining face and bright array, Christ deigns to manifest today what glory shall be theirs above who joy in God with perfect love. Christ himself has a face that is arrayed with that light and that reflects the glory that each Christian will have when they are with the Lord with God in perfect love in paradise. A glory that 
man will have will be borrowed. That is, it is received from Christ himself, as was the case for Moses, whose face shone from being in the presence of God's own glory. Despite being able to be in the presence of God, Moses still did not see God face to face. Instead, he once had an opportunity to see the backside of God. He could not see God's face because Moses remained a mortal, a sinner. And while God prevented Moses' own death by going on that mountain, Moses was not allowed to see the unveiled glory of God for that would have resulted in Moses' own death. After, Mount, after leaving Mount Sinai, the people then began their 40-year their journey toward the promised land. They endured that 40-year detour because they rebelled against God, and even Moses had committed sins which prevented him from entering into that land of rest that God had promised to the people of Israel. But as they approached the promised land and were encamped on the east side of the Jordan River, ready to cross over to the west into the promised land, God allowed Moses to see the promised land by going up on a mountain and viewing the land across the river. He had a chance to see this paradise on earth before he would be received into paradise above. Under the direction of his successor, Joshua, the people of Israel crossed over the Jordan River. And just as they crossed over the Red Sea on dry ground, so also they crossed the Jordan on dry ground, entering the promised land after Moses had died. The name Joshua is based on the Hebrew, and the name Jesus is based on the same word but in Greek, and the two names mean the same, the Lord saves. The Lord saved Moses, and while he was not enter, allowed to enter into the promised land of Israel, we rejoice that he then did enter the promised land of heaven. And that is made clear at the transfiguration of our Lord. Because who is present when Jesus is suddenly transfigured? There's Elijah, who went, did not die, but went up into heaven by way of that chariot. And then there's Moses, who died. And these two are speaking with Jesus at the Mount of Transfiguration. They represent the law and the prophets, that is, the entire Old Testament. And just as Moses displayed a glimpse of God's glory and first saw the promised land before entering the promised land above, so do we. Our baptism serves as a reflection of that glory that we shall receive. The very name of God is placed upon us, and we are covered with Christ's perfect righteousness. God is, in fact, well pleased with us. Because he has adopted us as children into his holy family by our baptism. Instead of seeking so hard to make a name for ourselves, let's look at the name that is placed upon us in baptism. The name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
This glorious name is given to us, and so we do not need to prove ourselves to others, but we can rejoice that just as the Father is well-pleased with his Son, so also he is well-pleased with each and every one of you, for you are adopted into the same family and have the same status as God the Son. That is who you are. You are glorified by God by virtue of your baptism and that glory that you have received will be even more seen at the resurrection when you receive a glorious immortal body. Gathering in God's house is, a, is in a sense, entering the promised land. God dwells with us and he makes his presence among us We receive the abundant blessings of word and sacrament. The people of Israel went into a land flowing with milk and honey. And we enter into a place in which God's word and sacrament flows. And we sing with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven as we participate in the divine service. When Jesus shone like the sun, he was revealing his divine majesty as the son of God. And so St. John would later write, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This John who wrote these words concerning Jesus, along with Peter and James, were with Jesus at the time of his transfiguration. The transfiguration of our Lord confirms without a doubt What the scriptures testify of Christ, that he is the very son of God, that he is God. He shines with glory as only God can do. And so we will sing in our closing hymn, "'Tis good, Lord, to be here. Thy glory fills the night. Thy face and garments, like the sun, shine with unborrowed light." The glory we have and is given to us and attributed to us, is borrowed from God. Christ shines with unborrowed light because he is God. At night, the moon is bright, not because it has some power inside of itself to glow, but instead it reflects the sun's light. Full moons are always bright nights because they bring much light, much is reflected back to the earth. Now that we have a layer of snow covering the ground, you may have noticed how much more brighter our nights are because that snow also reflects the light. Jesus does not simply reflect the light of God, our Heavenly Father, but instead he is the light. After all, Jesus is the light of the world, the light which no darkness can overcome. How glorious he is. As wonderful as the transfiguration of our Lord is in which Jesus reveals this glory, there was another place where Jesus would be glorified. Recall what Jesus said on Monday Thursday, the night before he is crucified. Now is the Son of Man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Jesus is speaking of 
how he will be glorified by the Father when Jesus is atoning for the sins of the world on the cross. In fact, that was the discussion that Moses and Elijah had with Jesus when he was transfigured. You see, St. Luke reports in the transfiguration narrative that they were talking about his upcoming departure or more literally his exodus, which he would accomplish at Jerusalem. That, they, that Moses and Elijah were speaking with Jesus about his own crucifixion where he will be lifted up on the cross and he will be glorified. As Jesus is transfigured, revealing his glory, he was speaking with Moses and Elijah of Calvary, the place where he would be even more glorified. How amazing is that? Even as Jesus is whipped and beaten, mocked and crucified, he is still glorified on the cross. His appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and he had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. As one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. As the prophet Isaiah writes, For the Lord laid on our suffering servant the iniquity of us all, and yet, despite the reality, his marred appearance, our Savior is there glorified. And so as we prepare to receive the sacrament, we sing the words that St. John the Baptist taught us as he laid eyes on Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It is there on the cross Jesus declared, It is finished. And he thereby atoned for the sins of all people of all time. Through this righteous act of offering himself as the ransom payment, he now reconciles us to God, our Heavenly Father, and he opens the gates of paradise to all who call upon him. Because of this, we are forgiven, and we will be able to access God in heaven, and we will, in fact, see God face to face. With our own eyes, we shall behold the full glory and majesty of God. We will, in fact, be like our Savior, conform to him, his image. It is written in Romans 8, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Did you hear that? Your Father in heaven has chosen you to be conformed to the image of his Son, that you may be considered the firstborn of God. And by choosing you, he has called you. By calling you by the gospel, he justifies you. That is, he forgives you. He acquits you of your sin. He declares that you are not guilty. And in justifying you by his grace through faith, he glorifies you. It is simply astounding what God does by grace. He does so because he loves you and he has made you a pinnacle of his creation. 
It is an honorable thing to have this status from God, even though we do not deserve it. He does not want to see you die to an eternal death, suffering in hell forever, but instead he wants you to be with him in paradise, that you too may be glorified. And that, my friends, is an astounding privilege granted to you solely by God's grace. We don't deserve it. Our many sins have proven how we should receive otherwise. But yet this is what God has done for us in sending his son to be our savior. How can you be so certain, though, that these blessings belong to you? First, of course, remember what you have received in your baptism, what God has bestowed upon you. Remember that you are baptized into Christ. And second, listen to the promises of God through his all-sufficient and saving word. And third, taste and see that the Lord is good as you receive the very body and the true blood of our Lord Jesus Christ at the Lord's altar. These, my friends, are no cunningly devised fables. But God's word is truth and he sets you free through it. God works saving faith in you as you receive these blessings of God. And so we rejoice in the report of the prophet Isaiah, the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Thank you.